The Fake Show podcast welcomes our newest sponsor, the Craft House Brewery in Henderson, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas, Mr. Antenna, and Brew City Brand. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Well, Henry Rollins fronted the California punk band Black Flag in the early 80s. After that, he started the Rollins Band, formed his own record label, and then became this intense in-demand actor. He is a guy who keeps checking stuff off of his bucket list, and that includes doing a comedy special. Henry Rollins joins me now from Los Angeles. Henry, welcome. How's it going? Oh, good. How are you doing? Uh, Fantastic. By the way, I never thought that I would see this, that you had done a comedy special. Tell me about this. Well, uh, I was on tour a couple of summers ago, and my agent said, let's get you a Showtime special. Like, like, let's get you a cup of coffee. And I said, that's funny. Like, I'm going to do a Showtime special. He said, of course you are. Right. And, you know, agents are, are magic. I just never, you know, think that I, I will be led into the mainstream uh, aspect of life. And so he said, no, we're going to send a Showtime rep to see you perform. He's going to like you, and you're going to get a Showtime special. I went, uh-huh. And it all happened. <laughs> and so I, I basically, for this, that particular special, Keep Talking Pal, I just basically prioritized some of the, the funnier stuff I was doing on that tour and kind of just did that stuff that night. It's about half of the working material I had on that tour. And the other half is stuff that's not necessarily as funny. It's more like storytelling and reportage from travel I had done, you know, basically prepping for that tour. So uh, you saw kind of the, the funnier part that is usually mixed in with a whole lot of other stuff in the normal, more like two-hour show. You've always been a guy who I think feels, what do I have to lose? Sure, I'll try this next thing. And I think yeah, it was... exactly it. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was like that uh, when you were in Black Flag, which, by the way, I was a fan of in my college days. I think it was a filmmaker, Penelope Spheris, who approached you about maybe getting into the movies? Yeah, um, when I first got to Los Angeles... Uh, she was working on a film called Suburbia, and she basically, yeah. I met her, and she said, okay, I want you to basically star in this thing. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I just got here. And I rolled it out to my bandmates, and they said, well, are you in this band or not? I mean, you you get out here, and you're going to be on a movie set, or are you going to go to band practice? And I, right. I got, so I, I obviously uh, had to uh, be, be in the band. And Penelope, years I saw her years later, and she was, like, mad at me. I'm like, whoa, what's, what's our problem? She goes, how come you didn't want to be in my movie? And, like, she, I, she, she never knew that. It was just a band thing. She thought I told her people to go screw themselves. I went, whoa, whoa Penelope, I've got no problem with you. And I explained the whole thing. I said, you know, I just got told by, you know, the, the guys who hired me to be in the band that, you know, i got to – go to band practice. It's not you or your film. It was just, you know, I got to be the guy in the band. And that was like a six day a week practice schedule. I mean, it was very yeah. full on. And then, and so that was like a million years ago. That's like, that's at least 30 some years ago. And we're, we're, I run into her now and then she's dead cool, but that happened. You know, the, the actor interest started in on me almost as soon as I got out here and a few years in, a buddy of mine, Crispin Glover, the actor, yes. he said, Henry, I really want you to consider acting. He said, just, just, don't, just don't throw it out of the realm of possibility. I went, okay, man. And, you know, when you're in an independent band, if you're trying to do it right, in my opinion, it's, it's 
about eight days of your week. I mean, it's kind of all you do to try and yeah. get over the wall. And I, within six weeks of Crispin saying that to me, I was in a film. And it's, that's been a kind of continuum in my life for 31 years of just being in a, a TV show or a film zero to four times a year. How did you come to know Crispin Glover, who I'm a huge fan of? Yeah, he's great. Um, he was working on a book uh, called Rat Catching. Uh, and my, my roommate at the time was uh, helping him arrange the book and get, get it ready to go to be printed. So she was a layout person, a, a designer. And so he would come to our place and I, oh, whoa, there's Crispin Glover, uh, you know, the River's Edge guy. And so um, we just got to know each other. And he's, he's incredibly talented, and, and he's just a really cool guy. But he would stay on me with the acting thing. He said, please, like, you, you've got it. I go, what? He goes, like, that thing. Just, like, just, just try it sometime. Okay. And so I did, and I'm no gift to acting, of course, but um, I have passed for normal now and then yeah. uh, enough to where I do get work in that, in that field with, with, like, really no training. Um, but I come from minimum wage work and a fearlessness. I'm not a tough guy, but I, I, I have really nothing to lose. You know, I, I come from wearing an apron and like serving ice cream and, and parking your car. And I'm not, that's not bad right. work. I'm just saying, like, when you come from that and someone goes, someone says, hey, you want to be in a movie? You're like, yeah, man, like, whatever. Sure. Like, what, what are they going to do? Laugh at you? Oh, right. well, this is not the worst thing. I know that uh, Kurt Sutter offered you the role of this uh, neo-Nazi character in Sons of Anarchy. I'm wondering, was there any hesitation on your part? No. Um, to, to be in a show of that size without an audition for a guy like me is like finding a shark in your bathtub. I mean, it's just not going <laughs> to happen. If you're Brad Pitt, sure, but obviously I'm not. And so I met with Kurt, a guy I already was a fan of because of the, his, the show, The Shield. And he said, yeah. okay, here's this guy. We want to have like the, the worst person in the history of television. And like, he <laughs> described this guy. And he said, and I want it to be you. And I thought to myself, well, you, okay, you're thinking neo-Nazi, awful guy, get Henry on the phone. And I said, why did you think <laughs> of me? Like, what about me says, you know, neo-Nazi? And he said, just your intensity. I think you can do right. this. Did you want the part? I went, well, yeah. And he said, okay, get out of my office before I come to my senses and, you know, get someone <laughs> who can actually do it. And don't say anything until you see the press release. And so the only people who knew was my management and the, the people at my office. And we all kept our mouths shut. And weeks later, out comes the press release and, you know, 80 emails an hour. Uh, and that, and then you get right to work and it's like, you know, four or five months of, you know, pretty much being there every day. Yeah. And I've heard from other people who've worked on that show that it is such a great experience. Was that true for you working with Charlie Hunnam and all the rest of them? It, you know, when people say everyone was great, it's kind of partially believable because it sounds like you're just sucking up. But yeah. to be dead honest with you, my experience on that show, every single person was a talented, hilarious and friendly to me. Like on the first shoot day, every one of that cast came up to me individually and said, so glad you're here. This is going to be great. If you need anything, let me know. Like Charlie, all of them came up to me and it was the best possible time. Like those, those guys, everybody, the crew, cast, Kurt, 
everyone, like Katie, just, just everyone was fantastic. And the only thing that was bad for me was, you know, my character's a bad guy. Of course, he has to die. And so um, it, it was awful dying because I didn't get to be in the show anymore. And I remember the last day driving away from the set knowing that show is going to be, you know, five more seasons easy because it's going to be huge. And sure. I'm not going to be there for it. And I just, you know, I admired what those guys and gals were about to have happen to them. And I just, I wanted it so bad for myself as well. You know, I, I, I was on tour a week and a half later after rapping, so. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I think people do not know about you before I let you go is that you love to travel the world all by yourself, just backpacking and, and seeing everything. I do. I, I've been to every continent, and, uh, you, know, you know, you can't get into the interior of Antarctica, but I've been to the edge of the Antarctic Peninsula. Um, I've been all over Africa, the Middle East, Central Asia, Southeast Asia. Yeah, uh, uh, over 100 countries. So, yeah, I, I travel. I, I get out there as best I can. I only wish we had more time to talk. I always enjoy it, Henry. Henry Rollins' new special, Keep Talking Pal, everywhere, including Google Play, Amazon, and, and many other platforms. Henry, always great to talk to you. Good luck with everything. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. That whole thing about walking the planet all by himself is fascinating to me. He says that he wants to leave no stone unturned and see everything in the short amount of time that we have. Speaking of which, that brings us to the end of this episode of The Fake Show with my guest Henry Rollins. I'm Jim Tofty, and I'll see you back here next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.